Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on 103.7 FM WKRM. We are brought to you by The Way Realty at 900 Hatcher Lane, 931-580-4669 for all your realty needs. The Big Yellow School Bus has pulled out of the garage, and we are on our way to the Inspiring Minds Learning Center in the Neely's Mill Shopping Center. We are going to be visiting with Jennifer Fleming. She is the owner and operator of Learning Minds, Inspiring Minds Learning Center. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Jennifer, tell us a little bit about yourself and your history. And, and I know the Inspiring Minds Learning Center is a fairly new uh, facility, and it does a lot of good for students in Murray County. So tell us a little bit first about yourself. Okay. Um, I taught in Murray County schools for 18 years, and I started to see a need for kids who needed that extra help. And to kind of to back that up, when my daughter was in sixth grade, she started struggling in school, so we looked for outside help. And she was diagnosed with dyslexia. And at that point, I didn't know of any teachers who could help her. They didn't know what to do. It was more just read more, read more. And I knew there's something else. So I became a self-proclaimed mama on a mission. Mama on a mission. You hear that, folks? A mama on a mission. (laughs) A mama on a mission. And so I looked for all the training I could find. I have been through different types of training. I am now a certified academic language therapist. You have to have 200 hours of instruction and 700 hours of practicum. I am a structured literacy dyslexia specialist. I'm currently being trained in Take Flight, which is out of the Scottish Rite Hospital in Texas, and in a letters training. So I am constantly learning on how to help children best. So then I started using what I had learned from our training in the classroom, and I kept seeing growth in my students. I started tutoring after school at my house, and it started growing and growing to the point of there were cars up and down my street. I knew I needed to look for another place. So I contacted George Varalis. He was kind enough to let me use the other part of his building. We began tutoring there, and we outgrew it. So then we went to another location, and just back in last February, I resigned from teaching, and I'm doing this full-time absolutely love working with these children. It's great to uh, find something, a calling, and it's something you enjoy doing and being able to say, uh, release one part and just start over and start new and, and do something you really love doing. I can tell that you really love doing this. So, um, And George Varelis, our, our sponsor with The Way Realty, has told me how much you are passionate about things at um, Inspiring Minds Learning Center. It's a it's an amazing place. I've referred a lot of people that are in question about tutoring to your um, your business. Now, you said you were a teacher. How long did you teach for Murray County Public Schools, or were you I, at different districts? I taught 18 in Murray County and um, three in Hickman County. Okay. I have taught every grade, kindergarten through fifth. I've been an assistant principal. I've had, you know, several different grades, but I see that... They all have the same need. They've got to learn how to read. And if students cannot read, their future just, it, it's hard. Yeah, my understanding is um, literacy, re- learning how to read and write the basics by third grade is vitally important to the success of um, their literacy moving forward. Is it's that- extremely important. There was a research done in Texas and looking at prisoners who are in jail. And the majority of them had dyslexia. And they go by and look to see, you know, if kids aren't reading at this point, they sometimes build that many jail cells saying that that could be the route that they're going. But I want to stop that. I want to help that. I want to change that. Yeah, I was involved with the Boys and Girls Club for many years. And one of the things that they said was that um, as far as literacy goes, the children that don't graduate are more likely to end up in the penal system. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was vitally important that their club to be able to help these students be successful all the way from K through 12. Absolutely. Um, Another great organization, Boys and Girls Club. Um, Tell me a little bit, you said the D word, so the (laughs) dyslexic word. Um, So if you have dyslexia, you're considered to be dyslexic, and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of um, things that people kind of label with the dyslexia. Could you help us? 
understand a little bit about what is dyslexia? I definitely will. A lot of people are kind of scared of the word because they don't know enough That's about it. That's why I call it, it the, D <laughs> the D word. The D word, yes. Dum, dum, dum. Um, dyslexia is a specific learning disability that is neurological in origin. It means it's from the brain. Children with this have a hard time reading fluently, breaking apart words. Usually they see it first in spelling and then with um, the decoding. And a lot of times it's not that they can't read. They have trouble with reading. And so we look at to see how we can help them um, and see what's the best way to go about it. Kids with dyslexia are very intelligent. There was a study done that showed that students with dyslexia and students without dyslexia, the IQ is about the same. It's the reading component that makes the difference. It is the reading. But you've got many famous people who are dyslexic. You've got, you know, we think about Albert Einstein, one of the smartest men. He was dyslexic. You've got Tom Cruise, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I've got a list here also. Tim Tebow. I mean, you've got somebody in every Let's go ahead and run down this list, okay, okay, that I've got here written in front of me. Whoopi Goldberg, who you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Daniel Radcliffe. Now, his is called dyspraxia. Mm-hmm. It's with speech. Yeah. And then Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who Steven Spielberg is. I mean, E.T. phone home. Come Absolutely. Um, Justin Timberlake, who had ADHD. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow had dyslexia. Henry Winkler, the Fonz, had dyslexia. Kara Knightley had dyslexia. Jamie Oliver had dyslexia. There's a long list of famous... And successful. Successful people. Very good. And successful <laughs> people that uh, have the D word, dyslexia. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a um, terminal sentence. It's, it's something that can be overcome very easily. Well, and if you think about it, most of your millionaires are dyslexic. Walt Disney, dyslexic, because those with dyslexia think outside the box, and they know they have to learn differently, so they think differently, and they can do things that... A lot of people just see one way, and those with dyslexia have great minds, and that's your entrepreneurs, that's your millionaires, the ones that do a lot of creative things. So we've just told our listening audience a little bit about what dyslexia is. Are there um, signs of dyslexia that are easily noticed or can be noticed with the right person looking at you? With the right person. A lot of times we... When I first started on this dyslexia journal, the journey, the only thing I knew was B's and D's backwards. And if that was the only thing with dyslexia, that'd be awesome. But there's so much more to it. When kids are at a young age, the ones who have a hard time rhyming words, they're late to start speaking. If they don't know, they have a hard time to start deciding which is their right hand or their left hand. Those are some early warning signs. And one thing that was interesting when my daughter was tested, so many things that she did, I blew off because either I do it or my brother does it. Mm-hmm. And so finally, the lady who assessed her, she's like, Jennifer, do you think you're dyslexic? And I'm like, well, and the more I've studied, I do see it. I see the line in the family history. And that's a big thing. If someone says, I had trouble learning in school, you know, used to you just kind of blow it off like, yeah, okay. But they're the ones who are probably dyslexic that was undiagnosed and didn't get the help. And so the biggest thing is if there's a family history of it. Okay. When you look at reading, a lot of times they're the ones who read very choppy and it doesn't flow. They have a hard time with little kids tying their shoes, telling time on a clock, even though we don't use the analog clocks as much anymore. They may say words when kids are young and they say spaghetti for spaghetti you know, at some point they do outgrow the speech part, but if they're still saying that at an older age, then you can definitely tell. I actually have known some adults that call spaghetti paschetti to this day. Yes. And I don't think they were ever diagnosed as having dyslexia. Right. But they're very intelligent people. Mm-hmm. And and I, I always correct them as spaghetti, not paschetti. And they're like, whatever. Yes. <laughs> Well, and, you know, with my when I went through school, I always did okay. I passed. I never failed. But there was always the, "Mm, there's something not right. And then when I was in college, I actually quit because I was doing just okay and knew I needed to do better. Right. I got tested for a language disability. Now, this was kind of in the 90s, so they didn't talk as much about the dyslexia. 
But from then on, I realized this is not my fault. It's the way my brain is. I went on to become a teacher because there was never going to be a child to sit in a classroom to feel the way I did at times. Oh, that's great. And then I went and got my master's. And then from then on is when, you know, Tessa was diagnosed and we just study and do research. And I've joined the Tennessee branch of the International Dyslexia Association in um, July. I'll be president of the Tennessee branch of the International Dyslexia Association. So, like I said, when mama gets on a mission... Mama doesn't stop. I like and that. And daddies are very supportive, too. Don't yes. get me wrong. Dad, dads and fathers are very supportive. Mama's on a mission. Um, I really like that. Um, now, are, are you a resident of Murray County? Were you born and raised here? I moved here when I was three, so. So, per, Over almost. 40 years. Yeah. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. Well, my daughter moved here when she was three also. Yeah. So she's, and I went through that. She considers herself a yeah. Murray County resident by uh, by that, other than the fact that she may have been born in a mm-hmm. different area. Um and you were a teacher for 18 years total time? 21 total, 21 but 18 total. in Murray, uh-huh. And now you run the Inspiring Minds Learning Center in the Neely's Mill Shopping Center. Yes, sir. That is amazing. That is awesome. You're following your dream, and you're doing um, all this good for students. <laughs> and are you guys really busy? I've, I've visited your website. What is the yes. website address? We are at um, www.inspiringmindslearningcenter.com. Inspiringmindslearningcenter.com. Yes. Um, during the day, we have a homeschool tutorial where we work with kids who, um, they were either homeschooled or they were in the school system. And after being out for COVID, the parents realized we need some extra help. So we work with them uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we have three hours of class. Then in the afternoon, we tutor. And if you've ever been in, around there on Tuesday, Thursday night, Monday, we, it's just, it's cram-packed. I hate to say this, but we may have to start looking for a bigger place. Well, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> right, yes, I have right. been around there, but it's usually because I'm at La Fuente getting yes. dinner. Yes. Well, um, you wouldn't believe how many parents drop their kids off for tutoring while they go, go to dinner. <laughs> they go to dinner, absolutely. <laughs> Let's get something to eat. Yes, I, I, I can understand that. Um, Neely's Mill is such a convenient location for you. Um, I hope if you do outgrow it that maybe you find something in the same building, They do possibly. have something. Yeah. I'm just... Just waiting to see how things go, because right. I would be the first to tell you, if you had told me two years ago that I would be running a business, I would think, you are crazy. I'm going to teach until they tell me I can't teach anymore. Right. And I'll be honest, God just put all everything in place, and this is where we are today. That's an amazing story. I really uh, I'd like to hear that. Um, whenever you have an entrepreneur uh, reach the, the dream of helping students, that's an amazing feat for mm-hmm. Murray County. Um, you know, the, the public school system does everything we can to do what's right for the children. And then having the help of p- places like Inspiring Minds and other tutoring systems, because not every child can do everything they need to do in a classroom setting. They right. actually need a little help mm-hmm. um, outside of that. And it's, it's, it's just really great that we have that available to us here in Murray County. And thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And I love that we do have dyslexia intervention, but we also have tutors who work with kids in math or reading or basically whatever they need. There are times they call and say, hey, I'm looking for a Spanish tutor, and we contact a few people and get them a Spanish tutor. I noticed you had the Spanish available now. Well, and it's wonderful because, let's be honest, there gets to a certain point where it's hard helping our own kids, especially with the math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, so it helps to have that That was one of my re- non-strong points was math. <laughs> um, I was pretty much really good at English. Yes. And spelling was really easy come to me, or it came easy to me. But, boy, when it came to adding up those digits, whew, that was rough. My parents are doing the absolute best they can, but I'll be honest. If my my son's in eleventh grade and if he asked for me to help with math, I would. Oh no, go find somebody. That's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> go, go ask your daddy. That's exactly where I'm at. So, as you are starting, to, you have this business going, and I'm seeing on your signature from that you sent me something. You have a bunch of letters that follow your name, like a an M E D C A L T C S L D S. Would you explain to these? These are part of your qualifications, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Would you tell us a little bit about your qualifications that you have for Inspiring Minds and the business you run? The of course the M E D is with masters. I have that in supervision and administration. And then the CALT is the Certified Academic Language Therapist. And it took several years to get that because you have to do so many hours of practicum. You have to do so many hours of instruction. 
And since I have gone through all the hours, I became that. And now I am a instructor for the business that got me started in it. So I do that. I train teachers in the summer. And then the Siri um, Structured Literacy Dyslexia Specialists, I got that through the International Dyslexia Association. So I have different qualifications. I've been able to speak at different conferences. Mm -hmm. I have gone to different. um, At one time before COVID, one day, usually in the fall during October, Dyslexia Awareness Month, we would do a presentation at Central just to educate more about what is dyslexia? Where do I get information? Just an overview of that. So I've been able to speak at different places and Right now, I'm in the process of being trained in two different programs. My next goal is to go through one of the programs and become a QI, which is a qualified instructor. So in the academia world, I just have my master's. In the dyslexia world, I have a lot of qualifications. That's cool. <laughs> I have a lot of letters, but I love what I do. I liked it when I read that. I was like, hmm, I don't know what most of it means, but it seems a little impressive to see all these uh, abbreviations after your name. The CALT uh, sounds interesting. Tell tell everybody what that one was again. It's a Certified Academic Language Therapist. So is that where somebody has problems with their speech that you can help with? Not necessarily. It's language overall. Okay. Um, I got it through, I took SMILA, which is Simultaneous Multisensory and Language Arts. Okay. It's a form of Slingerland. Back years and years ago, Orton Gillingham, well, Samuel Orton and Anna, Anna Gillingham created the Orton Gillingham program. Okay. The next thing they did was realize that a classroom teacher needed to have this approach for all the students. So Beth Slingerland joined with them, created Slingerland, and Smila is a kind of off thing of Slingerland. And so it is structured literacy. It's where students... Are, they learn all the parts. You've got phonemic awareness, phonics, spelling, decoding, fluency, vocabulary, comprehension. And one thing that research has showed is all children need structured literacy. So our okay. motto is necessary for some, beneficial for all. For all, right. And the research has, there's so much research behind that structured literacy. That's very cool. Um, I don't think half of the stuff was offered when I was in school. Well, I also think things were kind of different when we were in school because a lot of times people are like, why is dyslexia such a big deal now? Right. But we were taught totally different several years ago. I don't want to say back in the day, but it was was more of hands-on where the teachers have so many standards that they don't, a lot of times they don't get the opportunity to do as much hands-on as they would like. And we are all about using all modalities of learning. And so if when we're working with the kids in structured literacy, we see it, say it, hear it, do it all at the same time. And so it helps those who struggle. It helps those who are ELL learners. It helps those who've been through. ELL learners. You just said that, right? Uh Uh-huh. Before we go to break, tell the listening audience what ELL is. I didn't experience it until I started working for the school district because I really didn't know what it was. So would you explain that real quick? Um, ELL is English language learners. And it's those who are um, more fluent in usually Spanish. And they're trying to learn our English language, which I will be honest, our English language is one of the hardest language, languages to learn. Well, that's why it took me so long as a kid, right? Yes. For <laughs> us to have 26 letters of the alphabet, we have 40, they make 44 sounds. Okay, that's interesting. And that's why it's so difficult because one letter can make so many different sounds. And other languages are more simplified? They are much more simplified. This is very interesting to know. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes we're behind okay. in reading than other countries. Well, their language is so much easier to learn. Yeah, I, I can understand a little bit of Spanish, and I can speak very little uh, Spanish. But I've, I've learned that it's not that hard to learn. No, because um, their letters make their sounds. Yeah, my mom <laughs> was able to learn the entire Spanish language in like a year for mm-hmm. her job to get in a promotion and to do more things. I thought that was really interesting. We are with Inspiring Minds Learning Center, Jennifer Fleming, on the Big Yellow School Bus. That's it for our first part of the show. We'll be back after messages from our sponsors. And thank you to The Way Realty. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show. We are at the Neely's Mill Shopping Center with Jennifer Fleming at the Inspiring Minds Learning Center. We're learning all about some things that go on at the at Inspiring Minds, and we're being educated a little bit about dyslexia. Um, one of the people we mentioned a list of people was quite famous and important people in our history. Um, there was somebody else that I didn't mention on my list, and that was Richard Branson. And he has a quote: "It's not a disadvantage; it is merely a different way of thinking." I like that, and I want to thank Mr. George Varelis for providing me some details on this because he's very helpful when it comes to things like this, and he's very supportive of our di- our school district and our companies like Inspiring Minds that help the students in Murray County. Mm-hmm. So let's get right back to some questions on what's going on at um, Inspiring Minds Learning Center. What are some early signs and characteristics, and what are the advantages of catching dyslexia early on? Okay, some of the warning signs, um, I had mentioned a few earlier, but mm-hmm. late when they're talking, learn when they learn new words, they're pretty slow about learning that. Forming words correctly, they reverse sounds. Um, they have a hard time remembering names, letters, colors. Well, I'm really bad with names. <laughs> I mean, just I as we started the show, <laughs> just as we started the show, I was looking at this piece of paper I have in front of me, and it didn't have the name of your company on your signature. And I'm like, um, um, and I know what it is, but I had trouble remembering. So I'm bad with names, not just people's names, but mm-hmm. I'm also bad with just names in general. I, I completely understand. Um, another one of the characteristics is they have a hard time with rhyming, rhyming words. If I say cat and bat, do they rhyme? And kids have a hard time hearing that they are the same. They should be listen- They should be reading a lot of Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss or your nursery rhymes, which yes. that's another thing we talked about as far as kids are learning things differently in school. When we were in kindergarten... We worked on nursery rhymes. We worked on those We did. I remember those. Hickory, dickory, dock. Yes. And so they don't do it as much as they did. So it's the little things like that. So now they're seeing the bigger gaps with it. Um, Another one is they read way below their grade level, usually a year or two behind. They have a hard time processing what they hear. They have to think it through. Um, Finding the right words to the right answers. Um, they have a hard time, like I said, sounding out, difficulty spelling. They spell very phonetically. If the, whatever sound they hear, they just attach a letter to it. I'm guilty of <laughs> I'm guilty of reading very phonetically because I would say things like when I seen Hampshire Unit School mm-hmm. on the list, I was reading down the list and just not meaning anything wrong with it. I said Hampshire, mm-hmm. and everybody in the room corrected me and said it's Hampshire. I'm phonetically saying, so, it's hampshire i mean <laughs> yeah so i read uh-huh. i guess i call it you can call it reading phonetically right. because i read exactly <laughs> what i see right and what i've been taught s-h-i-r-e should be shire correct but in pronunciation it's hampshire mm-hmm. so you can go um, like, yes names like that and i always tell my students do not go by a name because okay. when they go well my name says this but it sounds like this uh-huh. You know, I will be the first to say I will never understand how Sean is can be S E A N. Phonetically, when you look at that, seen. <laughs> yeah. um, but they have a hard time with it. They avoid reading. Well, that was part of what you said about the English language. Yes. And the and the alphabet and the different soundings of different letters. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you were saying, right? Absolutely. Okay. And our language was created by. It wasn't just a one group of people created our language. It first started with the Anglo-Saxons, and they made just very simple words. Then you have words that are from the Greek and from the French to where, let's say, for example, CH. To everybody else, it says ch. But like in Christmas and choir, it says k. But you have to go back. That's a Greek origin. Gotcha. And then machine is a French origin. So it's just one of those. It depends on where the word is from as to where we put emphasis on it and how we sound it out. That was my cell phone, sorry. (laughs) And so you have kids who avoid reading. And one thing that always, um, when I talk to a parent and they tell me, 
especially the younger ones, my child hates to go to school. That's what I'm like. There's there's some disconnect. So, and a lot of times it does come down to the reading, because kids love being with their friends. And at that age, school you know school is still so much fun. So those are some of the um, signs to look for. And you had asked about what are some of the advantages. Yeah. What are? Um, there's got to be advantages to this too. Yes. Yes, you've got to catch it early because the longer you go without um, identifying it, the harder it is to help them. When a student reads and they have dyslexia, well, let's say a non-dyslexic, there are three components of their brain that are activated. You can see that on an MRI. Those who have dyslexia, there's only one component that is truly activated. So the problem is you've got to figure out how do we activate those parts, and that's through structured literacy and using all modalities. So when they see it, say it, hear it, do it all at the same time, you are activating the other parts of the brain. Okay. When that happens, you start to rewire the brain. And this is the best part of all of it. Scientists cannot rewire the brain. But if teachers teach systematic, explicit, direct, and they use all modalities, teachers can honestly rewire the brain. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it is teaching the brain to function at yes. a different level. And so when you do that earlier, you start to fill in those gaps a lot sooner. And, um, you know, when you think about the education part of it, that is huge. But there's also a social component with those with dyslexia because they know they're smart, but they don't always have a way of proving it. For example, they may know everything there is to do on a test and they take the test. And because they have such a hard time sounding out the words, they get confused on what does this question say? I don't know how to answer it. But if it's read to them, they can answer it just like that. So I don't know what's ma- going on. The ringer's turned <laughs> You're off. You're a popular person. <laughs> so, you know, things like that make a huge difference because they are very intelligent. And like I said, they, they think outside of the box. Another thing I have noticed working with kids with dyslexia and adults, they are very intuitive. They can read a person and pick up on characteristics they have. Facial expressions. Facial expressions. They pick up on all that. And... Um, They'd be good at poker then. (laughs) They have a lot of empathy for others. Ah, that's good. And like I said, being outside of the box thinkers, at the time they may not see it as an advantage, but there's a lot to it because if they get stuck in something, they know how to think differently because they've had to for so long. It's my understanding that people with dyslexia tend to be really good athletes too. Is this true? I think that has a lot to do with it because they struggle in one area. And they can excel in another area. And I used to be one of these that said, if a child can't make the grade, they don't need to play the sport. And now I am totally not that way. I feel like if, I hate to say, you know, when they were taking sports away from kids because they were failing subjects, is it due to they have a hard time learning or not doing, which is a difference. But if they have a hard time learning, I hate to take away the thing that they excel the most in because of something they don't excel in. Gotcha. And so you've got to foster that need and help provide it. I had uh, some students several years ago had a set of twin boys. And I told that mama from day one, because I had them in several different grades when I would move grades, I said, both those boys are going to college. One's academic, one's athletic, because they put their time and effort in whatever they were successful in. Cool. So what would a person do if their child shows these signs of dys- dyslexia? And what are the best courses of action? For one, I always tell the parents, um, first of all, go with your gut. If you start to have concerns, don't do that. Well, let's see how they do next year. Let's see how they do next year because all that's going to do is make the gap wider. So if you have concerns, go in and talk to the teacher about it and express your concerns. If you do some research on the computer, go to the International Dyslexia Association website or the Tennessee branch of the International Dyslexia website. You can get a lot of information there. You can find kind of quizzes that you can take that says, you know, if you have these symptoms, you know, it could be part of dyslexia. Please, please, please come talk to me. I love talking about this because I live it. I'm dyslexic. My daughter's dyslexic, so I see it as a parent. 
after teaching for so long, I see it as a teacher. So I have all those thoughts of this is what we can do. This is what worked for us. This is what didn't. And don't just keep waiting. Look for some help. That's good advice. Um, So the dyslexia is very widespread or just very limited is it how widespread is dyslexia it is a lot more than what you think about 15 to 20 percent of our whole population has characteristics of dyslexia. Oh, that's a large large number of people it is and a lot of them are um they're not diagnosed because i was just gonna ask that how many are diagnosed i mean not as many because when i first started um learning about the dyslexia and I was talking about it, and I talked. I did a presentation for um, when we had the MAP session several years ago, and I was talking about it. And I talked to one teacher, and she said, Jennifer, I honestly, I have never had a child who was dyslexic. And I said, but wait a minute, you were my child's teacher. She said, yeah. I said, now, when she did this, what did you think? And she's like, oh, that's a little bit different. And I would go through some of the things. She's like, oh, my goodness, I never knew. But we have children in our classroom every day who are dyslexic. A lot of them are the ones that are right there on the bubble. They do good, then they don't do so well. It just, it flips. And I always tell parents, if they are consistently inconsistent, that's a lot of it. That's a big, big clue. And I've, when I've done the presentations and I talk to them about um, all the characteristics and how students feel who have dyslexia, um, I said, think of the student who you could just couldn't put your finger out. There's something, but you just couldn't figure out why they were having trouble in this area, but not this area. And it never fails that I will have a teacher come up to me with tears in their eyes. And I ask them, does it remind you of a student? And the majority of them will say, no, it reminds me of my child or me. That they just, they just didn't know. And I tell people, you don't know what you don't know. But now that you know, we've right. got to do something about it to help all of our students. How how has the um, pandemic and remote learning affected your business? Has it increased the ability for you to help more students? Um, remote learners are it, it's something new for this mm-hmm. year because of the pandemic. Um, we have um, academies that are uh, virtual, but this remote learning is, of course, more students than you would normally see. Right. How would that? Uh, how um, has that affected your business and? And what do you what do you cater to for remote learners? Um, we do have. I'll be honest. Our business has really skyrocketed with the remote learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do tutoring sessions through Zoom, or I know the teachers are doing the best they can. But it's that hands on mm-hmm. working together, see it, say it, hear it, do it, all at the same time. Um, at times, we've had some who've had the packets. They've brought them in to get extra help. But right. again. The parents are doing the best they can, but if they've worked all day long and then have packets, it's just, it's hard for them. And I'll be the first to say, sometimes it's better for somebody else to work with your own child. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I have grandkids that are younger, and so when they were in remote learning, they had the packets, mm-hmm. and um, the parents struggled. Yes. Big time. Um, it was it was, it was was almost impossible for them to be able to get through it. They had to lean on other family members, um, even friends yes. um, that were teachers possibly mm-hmm. in the evenings to help them out to get them through those tough times um they they go to school regularly unless right. they have to be on remote learning um initially they started out remote right and it was a big struggle and they learned real fast that they needed to be in school so you know our goal is to teach in person right it's Absolutely. just with the current um, circumstances with the pandemic going on um you know that our hands have been forced to be able to learn to adapt to do mm-hmm. both there was never no playbook for this for any school district to <laughs> be able to learn how to do this. So um, I think every every district in the country has done a really great job of adapting and learning how to handle what has thrown, been thrown at them this uh, academic school year. Oh, absolutely. But one thing I have noticed is when the parents call, because they are remote and they're having to do a little bit more, They'll tell me, I didn't realize that they were this far behind. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because we did have the gap in learning, they all the kids got a little bit behind. And so when they start seeing it, they're like, I'm concerned and I want to do something about it now because we don't know if we're going to be in person all the time or not. We don't know what's going to happen. So they're wanting to get a good start on it now. Well, a lot of times I get asked um, by parents and stuff, that have don't have high incomes they have how can i afford a tutor um you know is are there sliding scales available is there help or assistance available in affording to be able to get tutors 
I'm, I'm trying to work on a project where I can have a nonprofit also because okay. I want to help everybody. My dream is to be able to go in, send some of my tutors who are trained into the communities and work with the kids That's in great. their community centers. Yeah. It's just you have to you got to have some money to do some of that. Oh, absolutely. I've had several who have come to me. We've gone through some of the screening, and we see there's a huge need. I will work with anybody. Absolutely. That's good to hear. It's not a, this is nothing about money. I mean, I just, it pays the bills. I got to have that to pay the bills and (laughs) kids in school. But it's about helping these kids learn. Well, you know, my daughter's a teacher and she didn't become a teacher to get rich. She became a teacher to make a difference. And and she does make a difference every day, every week. And, and, you know, she tells me, well, I don't really like summer. Because I don't get to see my babies Mm -hmm. because she's an elementary school teacher and she calls them her babies. I do, too. (laughs) And she has this withdrawal during the summer. Her husband continues to work during the summer, Mm -hmm. but she gets summers off. She thought, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. I don't have to work summers, but it's actually turned into I miss that. Right. So she started doing more things involved with the district where she uh, lives to try to do summer activities like teaching in summer, tutoring Mm -hmm. and stuff like that to continue in her mission. Right. And that's what I've always said. This is my mission is to help our children. You know, I look at, I taught at Brown for, oh, 16 years. And, you know, we have different economics and I want to make sure all kids, regardless that they get the help they need. And my biggest problem is I have a hard time saying no. So it got to where when I was teaching full-time, I would teach full-time and tutor Sunday through Friday. Oh, my. Yes. Um, it was a lot. The good thing is my children are older, and I've got a 21-year-old and a 17-year-old, so they don't need me as much, so I get to do right. so much. Makes it a little easier. It does, but um, anytime they say, hey, do you have time to squeeze another student? And I'm like, well, let me see what I can find out. And I do. I try. <laughs> So we are here with Inspiring Minds Learning Center, Miss Jennifer Fleming. She's telling us all about what she has available. And I'll have to note that this service is available to any student in Murray County. It doesn't have to be a Murray County Public Schools. It can be a private school. It can be homeschool. Whatever your needs are, Jennifer is there to help you. If you have a dyslexic student or you have an ELL student or a Spanish-speaking student that needs help, Inspiring Minds can help you, right? Absolutely. Anybody who needs the help. And we've got some that we see online, and they are from other counties. That's really cool. <laughs> so you don't just, I mean, anybody that comes to you needs help, and, and you're going to be there for them. Yes. And, and your hours are primarily a lot in the evening, I'm assuming. They are usually in the evenings. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're there. I start at 7 o'clock, and I'm, we're there from 7 to 6 <laughs> on those days. Just Mo- a short day. Just a short day. <laughs> um, Mondays, we're, we're there from 1 to 6. Friday, it's more of a, you know, comfort if you have an appointment or we're starting to open it up for more time then, too. Okay. So you do a lot of this tutoring after the school gets out. So you you really pick up your business in the afternoons. Yes. Um, I can't thank you enough for uh, all the things you do for the county and for the students in Murray County and for all your years of service as a teacher at Murray County Public Schools and mm-hmm. the things you've done. Um, I love that you've chased a dream. Yes. And it's came true. <laughs> and it's continuing to come true and be a real asset to our community through tutoring, through education, through understanding things like dyslexia, Mm -hmm. which I didn't totally understand before the show started. And I have a much better understanding after listening to you and telling me what, and I had no idea so many famous people Mm -hmm. have dyslexia. There's an, if you think of any profession, you're going to have quite a few who are dyslexic and they're very successful. I I have one personal friend that had dyslexia in high school and he Mm -hmm. went on to become a vice president at Starbucks. Wow. And yeah. and down he he lives down in Texas and he just recently retired and he's really thrived in his career. Great guy. Oh, yeah, you think outside of the box, but you know, helping the community, helping Murray County, my goal is for at one point for all the teachers to know how to work with students who have extra needs and they put me out of business because they're getting everything in the school. Yeah. I would love that. And I would yeah. love to, you know, I train teachers during the summer. I would so love to, get, if I could get in the schools, I've had several say, oh, come train us. But yeah. the pandemic's messing us up right now. Well, you're not 
competition to the schools. You are an added addition and much needed addition mm-hmm. to public education. We thank you for all that and for what you do at Inspiring Minds. Don't go away. Right. We're going to have George Morales with the Way Realty back on the show with us after the break. We'll be back after this meeting. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show. We are here with Jennifer Fleming, the owner and operator of Inspiring Minds Learning Center, and George Varalis with The Way Realty has joined us. George is our sponsor. Welcome, George. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for coming in today and, and being part of the Big Yellow School Bus. Jennifer, I think you know George, right? I do know George, absolutely. I think George was telling me during the break that he would love to ask you some questions. Okay. George, you ready? Yes. Uh, thank you, Jack. Um, well, you know, I'm very intrigued uh, when I'm hearing these stories of dyslexia and uh, kids that uh, are struggling at an early age to think that they are undiagnosed and they have to go all the way through the next 12 years if they graduate uh, struggling when there's a resource out there that can provide them the help. And Jennifer once uh, told me that uh, she said uh, if uh, if they can't learn the way we teach them, then we need to teach them the way they learn. I like that. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I just want to talk to Jennifer a little bit and, and dedicate uh, some time uh, to just getting a better understanding and also how uh, early uh, detection uh, can be noted. So let's just say, Jennifer, a child is struggling. Uh, you mentioned some signs of dyslexia, slow reading. They don't want to read. Uh, bad spelling, poor handwriting, uh, can't um, uh, determine left from right, uh, all things that a lot of people might diagnose it as uh, maybe something other than a learning disability, maybe a lack of intelligence, but we know that's not true. Absolutely. We know it's just the way that they learn. Right. So let's say a kindergartner, first grade, second grade, they're, they're showing these signs uh, the teachers are aware of them. The parents are aware of them. What's the what should they do next? What's what's the uh, what's the key to early detention, early detection? And uh, is there proper t- uh, uh, tr- uh, training or proper um, testing in schools for dyslexia? There, there's definitely training available. There is testing. You know, anytime a parent comes to me and has concerns, I always tell them, start documenting everything. Look to see how the child does when they do their homework on their own and how do they do it with the parent maybe reading to them. There is training you can receive. Um, I'll be honest, a lot of times dyslexia training is expensive, but it is so worth it because you're going to help every child learn. If they can learn, they'll learn through systematic, explicit instruction. And, um, you know, I've offered to come into the schools and train the teachers. The pandemic has really hurt us because we can't be in person. But I would love to get out there and work with the teachers and help them. But I always tell them, if you have that gut feeling that something's just not clicking, let's start doing something now so the gap doesn't get larger. Also, Kids are very smart, and they pick up on when they're not reading like the other kids. And it does have an effect on their social, emotional. And we want to address all that early because let's say we have a child who goes undetected through school. They don't get the help they need, and they know how smart they are. Um, There was a study done several years ago that um, with September being Suicide Awareness Month, Looking at those that left notes behind who committed suicide, 80% of them had dyslexic tendencies in their writing. So it's not just an academic thing. It affects them so much. So I always tell them, if you have a feeling, you have a gut feeling, let's get some help soon. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. So let's say a child uh, has signs of dyslexia. Are the teachers trained to recognize those signs? In my experience, they are, not all teachers are trained in 
recognized in those signs. Okay. Do you think that maybe uh, learning, uh, teachers learning those signs would be pretty important? I think it would be extremely beneficial because I, st- I still have teachers contact me and ask questions. I have a child in my class who does this. What do you think? And I think it's extremely important because from the Department of Education, um, we have a RTI process. And when kids fall in a certain tier, a note goes home to the parents saying that your child usually has fallen in tier three, that they need help. It could show signs of characteristics of dyslexia. And, you know, if a parent calls and says, well, what are the signs you see? I feel like the teacher should be able to tell them exactly what are some of the signs. Because getting a note like that um, for a parent who's not expecting anything like that, it is kind of shocking and they don't know what to do. But I think all teachers should know the warning signs of dyslexia. Yes. Uh, So early detection, I just want to just uh, play this out for a minute. So we know that the school system is always trying to improve the testing scores uh, and compare them with uh, a national basis. Correct. They're always trying to get the test scores up, and they really, really try hard every, every year, and they only go up by a very small percent. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. And so let's just say, what if we properly diagnosed every child that had dyslexia, uh, teach them the way they learn? Correct. Uh, do you think that would greatly impact uh, test scores as an average? Or? That would be a huge impact. When I was, last year when we were in school, I was teaching my second graders through structured literacy. At the time, there was just, it was me and another teacher, and her kids came into my classroom. I was showing her how to do it, and at the time, I had 46 kids in my class teaching that way. And I would love to show anybody the increase in their score on AimsWeb because I was teaching the way they were learning. You're engaged the entire time. And like I always tell people, when you learn how to work, how to teach a child with dyslexia and you're using all modalities, it is necessary for some, but it's beneficial for everybody. So if all students are taught that way, it's only going to help them and it helps all of them. So when they learn how to read, when they start taking the state test, they can do so much better on it. I think it would be a huge investment for the training for the teachers. I got a question. Yes, sir. Does your company offer testing services to detect or confirm dyslexia? I can assess through my qualifications. I can Mm -hmm. do an assessment or several assessments to determine if they have characteristics of dyslexia. The kind of issue we have right now is in the law, in the say dyslexia law, it says the school just has to consider the outside source. So if a school might be saying, oh, I don't see these characteristics, and my test says they are absolutely there, they can deny them services if they don't agree with the testing. And the te- and you have to have so many qualifications to do certain types of testings, and I do the same ones that the school does for the most part. Okay. I don't do an IQ test, but if you look at research, the IQ is not the issue. It's the reading components. Okay, gotcha. Um, let's... Briefly talk about how can we reach you again. Your website is inspiring. Inspiringmindslearningcenter.com. Dot com. My, you can email me, inspiringmindstn at gmail.com. Inspiringmindstn at gmail.com. gmail.com. And then you can also call. Our number is 931 931- Three seven four seven two five zero. That's nine three one three seven four five seven two five seven. two. I'm kind of dyslexic <laughs> when I'm listening. Let's try it again. Nine, you do it. Nine three one three seven four seven two five zero. All right. And I, this is my passion. And if you want to call my cell phone, nine three one four four six one seven two one. Call me. Talk to me. If I can't help you, I have enough, you know, connections. We will get help for right. You can guide people any if, they, if you can. And do we've it. also had some who have asked who are adults wanting us to work with them. They've they've inquired about it. They've not come in yet because it's kind of sometimes it's hard for adults to say I, I don't know how to read and I need some help. Right. But we will help anybody. Well, thank you so much for what you do in the in the community and everything, George. We've got a few minutes left of the show. Do you have any insights and updates on what's going on in the realty market? 
I do, and uh, I tell you, I've just really enjoyed this show, really enjoyed uh, talking to Jennifer and, and learning more about dyslexia. Uh, I think it's so important that uh, there is early detection. Uh, it's just hard to imagine that a child has to struggle uh, their whole life when uh, early detection uh, can benefit them for the rest of their lives. Uh, like Jennifer said, uh, it can raise uh, test scores, but that's just such a, a, a small thing. Uh, it inspires children to uh, do better in school. It inspires them to take on the training that uh, will help them improve to read. I, I can remember in school, I could always think of a way out of reading and uh, learning because I always thought I, ha- I could have a better way. Uh, so, uh, you know, not having proper training for myself as a, a student uh, definitely affected me. And uh, I can tell you right now, reading is very important. I, I, I read a lot now. Uh, I need to write a lot now. I need to spell a lot now. So, uh, you know, taking shortcuts doesn't work. Right. Uh, so treating uh, kids at a very young age, uh, it's going to help uh, give them self-esteem, uh, get them back on track, uh, get, get them caught up with the rest of the kids in the class. Um, so I'm getting the signal that my time is running out, but uh, I just uh, I just feel this is such a, an important issue to talk about. So real estate, real quick, uh, the market is <laughs> continuing to, to drive forward. Uh, it is definitely a uh, seller's market. Uh, it's fine to find. It's hard to find properties right now. If you are thinking of selling your property, uh, we do a free market analysis. Uh, we can uh, easily do that for you and email you what uh, your home should be listed for in your in your area. Uh, George, so what's your number? My number nine three one five eight zero four six six nine, or you can email me at george at thewayrealtytn dot com. Or go to our website at thewayrealtytn.com for more information or to get in touch with us. We'll be glad to help you. Uh, We love real estate. Uh, We love helping people. We are so happy you're our sponsor here on the Big Yellow School Bus. Last thing I'd like to do before the show ends is give a shout-out. So, Jennifer, Miss Fleming, you're up. Give us a (laughs) shout-out. Oh, I want to shout out to all the teachers who are referring kids to me when they're saying, I'm not sure what to do. Let's get some help. And I want to give a shout out to George. He has been one of my biggest supporters and has helped in so many ways. That's great. I, I like those shout outs. George, what's your shout out for today? I am honored. Wow, thank you. I was not expecting that. Uh, my shout out is to Mark Jones. He is my transaction coordinator for The Way Realty. Uh, he's there covering for me right now. My phone is rolling over to him, and I, it'd be very hard for me to do this show if it wasn't for him. So, Mark Jones, I'm shouting out to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. That is it for this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus. Thanks for joining us. Ms. Fleming, thanks for coming in. And George, thank thanks you. for your sponsorship. Be sure and tune in next week for another edition of The Big Yellow School Bus on WKRM 103.7 FM. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on The Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., Sundays at 7 p.m., and Mondays at 4 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools right here on WKRM 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.